Hello, welcome to episode 46 of the Post-Concussion Syndrome Awareness Podcast. And tonight we have another very British treat for you. have Zach Shafiq, uh, who is um, down in London, uh, London area in the UK. And he's come to uh, tell his story, mainly. Uh, so it's going to be interesting from his perspective. Um, and so I hope you'll enjoy listening to this as much as we enjoyed recording it. Okay, here we go. Right, okay, so tonight, ladies and gentlemen, um, we've got another fellow Briton on the uh, podcast, <laughs> which is always good, uh, because we need we need more of them. Uh, so tonight, I'm happy to welcome Zach Shafiq uh, from London. How are you doing, Thank Zach? Thank you very much, David. How are you yeah, doing? Pleasure to be here. Yeah. After hearing one of your podcasts, <laughs> uh, it's quite nice to uh, be part of family as it were although i never thought i would be part of that game. <laughs> yeah uh, well yeah we'd be, we'd be a pretty weird family but uh, you know that's that's by the by <laughs> no and thank you for being yeah, so exactly. thank you for being generous with your time and thank you for having the courage to come on and tell your story as well that's that's really going to be appreciated by a lot of people um so first of all, Zach, can you tell uh, the, the people that are listening at home, can you tell them a little bit about yourself and any background and, uh, you know, kind of how you, you came to have your own injury, please? Yeah, yeah, sure. So um, I'll start pre-injury, probably the best place. Yeah, so, right. um grew up in southwest London, uh, Hounslow, near Heathrow, if anyone knows that. Oh. Um, basically started off young as a swimmer. Uh, it was pretty much my passion doing everything. Uh, from the age of probably about four, I think my parents got me in, in the right. water. So mm-hmm. probably all, all I've known, you know, as, as part of growing up, I would say it's, the English language is probably second um, second thing I learned, and swimming was the first. You know? <laughs> right, excellent. Uh, yeah, so um, did that, you know, throughout school life. Uh, had a pretty easy going school life I'm a mm. twin so luckily I went through All right. school um, yeah we went to the same primary school same secondary school and funnily enough we even went to the same university uh, bro- um, which was a great sis- laugh brother or sister uh, sister oh yeah. right. excellent <laughs> don't look much alike yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> no no yeah, it was quite a cool experience going through life with you know yeah. somewhat best friends okay. um, where went um, and everyone used to laugh at us when we did go to the university together. But, you know, for me, it just <laughs> yeah, made no, perfect no. sense. Yeah. The parents would come and visit us whenever, you know, we could get the train mm. to and from and look out for each other. In. Mm. So, um, went and did sports science at Portsmouth University. Right. Um, which was a very generic course, which didn't really lead to anywhere. But um, I did do my uh, personal training courses and gym courses, life guiding courses and all that in and around that okay. time. So, yeah. When I left university, uh, that's why I started it straight away, just went straight to personal training. Mm. Really enjoyed that because, you know, I like interacting with people and it was a very people-centered environment. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and it, it's a bit like solving a puzzle in terms of, you know, mm-hmm. if you look at fitness, especially a service based around fitness, it's not just fitness as the outcome. Yeah. You, know, you have to kind of, a person holistically from... Yeah. Not just head to toe, how they walk, how they move. Uh-huh. You know, how do they feel? You know, why they're coming to approach you isn't always because they want to improve their fitness. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, and the whole picture, as, as you're seeing right now, is uh, you know, mental health is just as important 
and they're linked. Mm-hmm. So, you know, taking that person, you know, let's just give an example of, you know, a typical 40-year-old person that comes in a bit low of confidence, says that, I want to do this. You know, they don't really give you any markers. You know, is it because no. it's holidays? They're mm-hmm. in a relationship. Because they're out of a relationship, you know. Have they just had a kid? You know, just figuring those little uh-huh. subtle things out. You know, it, it's quite a fascinating kind of building project where you have yeah. to start with, yeah. you know, with such a big base pyramid and then, you know, make them autonomous almost in that transformation yeah. of not just their physical um, outlook on life and output mm-hmm. was their, their mental, you know, seeing oh, someone yeah, go yeah. through that, mm-hmm. um, you know, is actually such a beautiful process yeah, uh, within sounds, the job. That sounds really satisfying. You know, that sounds like, uh, you know, that, that's, it is. yeah. Um, so, it is when, you, when you've been in and amongst it your whole life, because I had a swimming pool, it, wasn't, it didn't feel like work for me, because no. I, I kind of knew it like the back of my hand anyway, so I was just sort of guiding someone through a process that I enjoyed anyway, so I got a lot of enjoyment out of that. Um, uh, yeah. I left that job to start a career in the London Fire Brigade, uh, right. which okay. might you know, had a career there for 30 years and it just always mm-hmm. fascinated me you know it's kind of that next step of how do I help people um, you know how do I use my skills you know yeah, is it a yeah, job yeah. for life interactively you know is it going to be challenging yeah and, and will it still allow me to maintain um, physical activity which is yeah. very important excellent so, uh, so what year when did you doing that sorry what, uh, what year did you join the fire brigade Jack 2017 Funnily right. enough, okay. I just got accepted uh-huh. into training school right. uh, pretty much a week before the, you know, the tragic Renfro incident. And yeah. A lot of people were saying, you know, I don't want you to do this. You know, mm-hmm. are you sure this is right for you? Um, in fact, it probably was the biggest motivator to go ahead with it. Uh, uh, yeah. Not a deterrent. You wow, know, because it just uh... highlighted the need for for people to be in that situation. And then, you know, if you think you can help in that situation. Yeah. Then what what a skill that is to have. Indeed, yeah, uh, and of course you you yeah you you got to demonstrate um, your own skills. Um, I think it's it's important what you said uh, previously about your life and the type of life that you led. How did that change then? And and, and can you tell us about your uh, accident, your particular um, brain injury, Zach? Yeah, of course. So, um, funnily enough, it was coming back from work off the day shift. Uh, just an ordinary Friday night driving home uh, from, if you know London very well. Um, the North yeah. Circular, which is always a oh, bit yeah. of a tragic <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, so, a car just pulled over in front of me, put a hazard lights on just to signal that they broke it down. So, you know, I just stopped behind, signaled to the right, and I was just waiting casually in traffic, and then all of a sudden, a car went into the back of me. Oh, right. And where I was in an automatic car, um, my foot was just hovering over the brake. Yeah. And as soon as they hit me, my foot slammed onto the brake. And because I just bought the car two weeks prior, yeah. the brake was very, very good. So not only did I get moved forward, yeah. my head uh-huh. backwards, um, you know, quite aggressively. Uh, and then... I just sort of felt shocked, like, what just happened? Um, right, yeah. just calm down, what to do in this situation? And, you know, being a firefighter, when you turn up to car crashes, you know, usually, it, you know, it's, it's quite a horrible scene, and you see quite yeah. long 
things and it's a lot yeah. worse than what my situation looked like so as I got out of the car mm. I just felt pumped up I didn't feel dizzy I didn't feel pain I just sort of felt a bit confused but you know I felt okay uh, interacting yeah. with the chap uh, um, just assessed the damage on the car you know and I thought you know what I don't feel too bad uh, you know I'm only five minutes from home uh, you know <clears throat> let's just get home and reassess so I, I drove home felt pretty tired when I got home and then you know I slept overnight still felt okay the next day then got contacted by insurance and whatnot and even at that point I felt you know my neck's starting to hurt got a bit of a headache yeah but it'll be right it'll be right I went into work and then the neck pain just got worse throughout the night because I was on my first night shift and I got sent home Uh and progressively from there it was it was mainly a neck injury in my eyes. You know, I had a really bad headache. Right, vestibular. Uh, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't get headaches, so I thought this is a bit strange. Maybe oh, it's from the okay. neck. You know, it's, yeah. it's uh, you know, obviously there's a lot of muscles that go from from your neck into your head, especially mm. stabilizing the yeah, atlas yeah, and the nerve. spine, thoracic spine. So I thought, okay, let me go see a physio. Um, you know, get some massage, calm down a bit, take the time off work. So took six weeks off work um you know the headaches the headaches weren't really getting better so i started taking you know typical codeine and yeah uh, and every cocktail that the doctor sort of give you uh, just to get back to work really because i'd only been in the job for two and a half years at that point i thought i want to get back to work it's what i want to do you know i'm in a i'm in a bit of pain my neck hurts but maybe i can work around it do some physio you know, and then as soon as I went back to work, after maybe one or two days, I started getting really bad fatigue. Right. Okay. I started to feel faint when I started standing up or at the end of the day. Uh-huh. You know, I started getting heart palpitations. I was thinking, mm-hmm. you know, what what is going on here? You know, just just every now and then I would just have these sort of flare up to really odd symptoms um, that I didn't have a clue of. Right. But um, I had like a two week break, but three weeks after going back to work. So I thought, you know what, maybe I just need a bit more rest. I'll get to that break. I'll take some more time off. Yeah. Uh, and then see how I go. So I got to that point, you know, still were having days where I was just so fatigued and having really bad migraine headaches. So mm. Wasn't getting any better, you know. So I had that break, went back to work. The first day I went back to work after that, I just, it just all sort of came in one, you know, fell swoop. I just started slurring my words. Yeah. Um, work was saying, you know, you're not walking, you know, in a straight line properly all the time. And I just, mm-hmm. fatigue just hit. And it, after that point, I just, I went, luckily for me, there was a, um, we worked at, with the ambulance quite a lot. And there was yeah. a couple of ambulance that just assessed me and said, look, you've had a head, a head injury, a neck injury, a recent car crash, you know, it's only been six oh, weeks. Or yeah. You need to check your head out, you know, yeah. you know get a scan um, and see where you're at. Um, because I kept having these really bad dizzy spells where, <clears> again, I thought it could have been neck related because obviously some vestibular um, yeah, problems course, yeah. from the neck. But what I didn't realise is that every time I stood up, my heart rate was increasing so fast that there was no blood to my head. So I was getting... It was like room spin, you know, when you... Yeah, yeah. Just, 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 the room just completely goes round and round and round. And yeah. There's uh-huh. nothing to stop it apart from feeling sick, but you can't be sick. 
Arrhythmicardia, yeah, we call it. Yeah, so so that was coming maybe at start one, mm. once a day for five minutes, and then it got to twice a day for five minutes, and then it was every time I stood up, and then it just got to the point where I got so sick where I just said, yeah, enough is enough, I, I'm really, something's oh, really up here, I need to go to A&E. Yeah. So I went to A&E. Um, what did they say? They, they, they didn't really say much. They said, look, we need to scan your head. Do a CT scan, mm. take some blood work, tell me what the symptoms are. And at that point, it was still developing. And I didn't realise that, you know, no, not no, only the know. initial head injury yeah. damage mm. your brain, the inflammation and all the neurochemicals that get released are continually creating that level of damage yeah. for the next six uh-huh. to 12 weeks. Um, so it even left that point and thought, you know what, why don't I just try this job, <laughs> you know? Uh, uh, right. what we have a system of light duty so I tried that for a week and I just got worse day after day after day and I just said that yeah. I need to take more time off that sounds very then, familiar <laughs> yeah yeah. I was just fighting against it you know as you would because you didn't know so then I went back to my physio and he said that I think you, you, you've obviously had a concussion um, you know you need to see a vestibular physio because you're getting dizzy all the time right, so okay. I started going to that and then I arranged yeah. to see a cardiologist because of the palpitations. Mm. Um, because, you know, and then I sort of started researching myself and, you know, using my sports science to sort of piece together what was going on. Yeah. And, you know, I found this thing of dysautonomia and autonomic dysfunction. It's all left for head injuries. And then yeah. I went to the hospital and obviously voiced that. And they were sort of, one cardiologist I sort of didn't know what, 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 the condition even was or the link uh, so then I got sent to a neurologist the neurologist said right. well, we MRI <laughs> right. but the MRI oh, probably no, won't show anything no, uh, no 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 and we're talking we're talking four to yeah. six months post injury Oh no! You've you've just actually hit on a parallel there between uh, because it sounds like you you obviously had um, a quite. Um, a decent amount of, of of attention and help there from the NHS. My experience was having mm. none of that. I had none whatsoever. No. I I, um, no. I uh, after about I don't know five or six months. I used to wake up in the morning, Zach. I was paralysed down half of my body. Yeah, that's all. I I, I, I I remember waking up one Saturday morning and I could not move or. The left side of my body was entirely limp. I could not move. And again, yeah. I, I, I phoned, I can't remember who I phoned, GP or hospital or whatever. And they're like, oh yeah, just get a taxi, come over, come here. And um, they did a CT scan, which is pointless, useless. Uh, and yeah. then they did the scan and then they, they put me outside in the corridor. I was sat there for about two and a half hours. And eventually I... I, w- I was like, you know, kind of, I was just sat out there in a complete funk and just, and um, this this guy wandered past and said, excuse me, can you tell me what's going on? You know, have you got something to tell me about my, my brain scan? And he just said, oh, you've got some brain swelling. Uh, you can you can go home now. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not really surprised <laughs> about that, which is, uh, it's like, which is what really awful. What, uh, what the actual fuck? <laughs> Mm, the amount of people I've spoke to that yeah. even have bleeds or... Yeah, you know, just, go, just go home. They, the moment, 
as if the skull yeah. has actually fractured. Yeah, um, I know, yeah. You know, and that's far and few between. And what, what surprises me the most is that I've seen people that have, you know, fractured their skull, yeah. had hematomas, and they've been fine within six months. And I've seen people that have barely hit their head and, yeah. you know, they have they have issues four, five, six, seven years later, which is a real shame. Well, you know, no one this is it. Um, there is like CT scans and MRI scans do not show uh, mild traumatic brain injury (MTBI). No, they don't at all. But in in uh, you need something like a, a, a diffuser PET scan or something. There's many many different types of uh, uh, scans. But in the UK, we have no in the NHS we have no capacity to be able to use or, or, or we don't have these types of scans basically. So it's kind of like looking for something that you know you're not going to find with the wrong, mm. uh, wrong using the wrong equipment. It, it, it really yeah. is. Um, it, it's it's a crime in in many yeah. ways. It's a crime against the people. That I think are. the issue here is that obviously with the government, the way yeah. it's set up and the funding. Yeah, it's, it's all privatized. Is that? If they can say that they've treated you, aka given you a scan, yeah. that they have then fulfilled a certain criteria to discharge you. Yeah, um, very my true. My most recent experience true. of that is actually being discharged from the cardiology unit, uh, yeah. despite having a diagnosis and you know having X Y Z tests. Yeah, because indeed. they said they couldn't do anything more for me. Um, well, that's but, it. Yeah. You know, that 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 is that is unfortunately the limits of the NHS where in Canada the USA and Australia yeah. because they have sports that you know accumulate a lot of these head injuries oh yeah yeah NFL that, that there's so much funding now because the NHL NFL and AFL uh, are getting class action lawsuits um, you know of, and it's, of, it's of course, for them yeah. to provide Whoa. adequate care than that, that, it is to pay the lawsuit yeah, that's what dri- that's what drives it, Zach. I mean, um, if I go back to um, like 2011-12, when we had this issue, when it come the World Cup and concussions and things came up, uh, then then it was brought into the public arena. But if you look at America, if you look at the NFL, if you look at baseball and hockey and so on, yeah, like you rightly said, it's uh, it's monetized. It's important because you have to do something. What what's not happened here in the UK is um, that the drive hasn't come because it's not become an important enough issue, and to me right. that, that is that is that's horrendous. You know, oh, mm. you know, we don't care that people are having their lives ruined by uh, the epidemic that is post concussion syndrome, and believe me, it's an epidemic. We don't care. Unless somebody's gonna kind of sue us and make us do that, uh, you know, yeah, make it, make us actually take this action, uh, and it really mm. is, uh, it, it is a tragedy. It's it's a national I mean, tragedy. The saddest part of it for me is that I've spoken to so many wonderful people yeah. that have sadly accepted their situation yeah. in terms of a uh, you know a new normal where yeah. they say I'm recovered. But actually, oh, yeah. they recovered functionally to the point where they can work a little bit, exercise a little bit, socialise a little bit. But they're not where they were before. But because of the system is so hard to battle against, they've accepted that yeah. that, that is yeah. their, their their new pinnacle. So that you know, and it's just easier to, to to say I'm recovered, even when you're not. And 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 do you think that 
um, for most of those people that you just talked about, Zach, do you think that they've uh, found their own methods of coping, um, given yeah. g- given that um, I don't know, I w- I'm second guessing, I'm thinking that, well, yeah, a lot of them will have lost uh, the families, they will have lost the homes, all kinds of stuff. Mm, I uh, think from what I've noticed is that the younger population uh, of people seem to do better almost because there's still an element of care yeah. that's there, uh-huh. through, whether it's parents or family members that, uh, or even friends that maybe might not have advanced their careers to a certain point where your life yeah. is not uh-huh. so uncomparable, if that's the right way to you. So, yeah, yeah, no, you know, if you've right. got your friends yeah. going off at university and you're sick, it's not like they're, you know, earning a lot more than you or getting houses or whatever. So they, they can sort of level a little bit of where you're at, where, you yeah. know, I've spoken to people that are in their 40s Indeed. and 50s and they're almost more neglected twofold because the system says if you're at that age group, it's unlikely for you to recover. So then Ooh, yeah. the chicken or the situation yeah. with those, those category of people of, are they not getting better because they've been told they're not going to get better? Uh, indeed. Yeah. yeah, indeed. Or is it because they've got so many more pressures financially? They might have kids, they might have a mortgage, they might have a car, they might have a job that they've lost. They might have made Poss- investments possibly. based on the fact that they're earning, you know, this just pull 40000 a year out of the head. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. And so their expenses are equal to that, where someone who's 18, 19, even up to 25 may have only been earning half of that. So even though it's sad and it's tragic that people will lose their job, you know, the, the difference in expenditure yeah, yeah. is enormous and the amount of stress is proportional to that, you know. And so those think, people that are older, you know, have, have a, a lot, you know, a lot harder road, I think, um, uh, in getting better. Yeah, I, I think, uh, that's I think, why they kind of have to accept where they're at because they've got other people depending on them, where I think it's slightly different when you're younger where you've got more people ooh, to help you yeah, uh, I, that might not be the same across all board uh, generalisation but that's just what I've found from talking uh, no I, I think you've opened a very interesting can of worms there. <laughs> I, think, I think that is something that yeah as a society we need to look at and I know that uh, people it seems to be that people view people that have had brain injury in a certain way and um, they view us as a certain minority. And um, in the public perception is that, well, actually, if, if you're not uh, audibly or visibly uh, perceived to have a brain injury, i.e. somebody that, that could be have trouble speaking or somebody that would have really trouble functioning, then you could be perceived as, oh, you know, you're not a problem. You know, there's yeah. no, there's nothing wrong with you. You're all right. You can talk. I can express myself. Yeah, you know, it. Zach can express himself. We can we can have a perfectly good conversation. So you know what what could possi- what could possibly be wrong with you? Yeah, what could possibly the fact that while what? you're having that conversation, yeah. you might have dizziness, you might have nausea, you might have a headache, Indeed, you might yeah. have eye issues. You know, I mean, you might have understanding what, issues. What, what, and, what you know, you might be able to make this conversation. For 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes, yeah, yeah, you know, of course. you can't, the repeatability factor is one of the hardest things that other people can't grasp, is that you can have good days, but you yeah, might have to do indeed. 50%, yeah. 
Yeah. And there's some not so good days where, you know, me and you, if I had this conversation with you perhaps in month one, two, three, four, five or six. Yeah, it'd be different. I'd probably, I'd probably be bed bound for about four hours after speaking with you. Oh yeah, yeah, of course, and and because people see that and say like, well, you know, what well, they're all right. They can, they, you can't, you can't, they can't visibly perceive what is what could possibly be wrong with us. But the internal, the internal um, attributes of a, a hidden disability, which PCS, post concussive syndrome, and PPCS is, are literally hidden from the world, um, and so. All we're left with is we're left with trying to explain ourselves in in podcasts like this and, and in these things and saying, well, actually, you know, this is how it affects me. But um, we we know the kind of narcissistic society that we're living in, and people mm. want people won't take our word, especially when it no. comes to ex partners and family and people. They'll be like, ah, oh, you know what, he's he's all right, you know, they're all right, she's all right. Um, yeah. You know, maybe they're just ex- maybe they're just exaggerating. I have a theory a where this stems from. <laughs> yeah, uh, and most most you know you might agree or you might not, but mm. I think if I use a broken leg as an example, yeah, um, yeah, or of say course, someone yeah. who's lost lost their leg, yeah, if I me and you both lost our leg, yeah, we'd still be capable of similar things. You know, we could both oh, yeah. work on yeah. crutches. Definitely, we could both work on you know, getting a prosthetic leg and, and running again and, yeah. and we'd be judged for that, correct? Right? Yeah, but with yeah. a brain injury, you might have someone that's fully recovers, you might have someone that partially recovers. There's probably a list of maybe a thousand symptoms you can have and that's yeah, not an yeah. exaggeration from a brain injury. No, no, and, and it's plenty. on a massive spectrum of one to a thousand of, of family they have. But because you have people, um, wrongly or rightly, you know, saying... You know, yeah, I recovered this indeed, much, yeah. or I did this, or I still achieved this, and I had a, I had a, had a proper injury. Like, I'll take James Cracknell, for example. So, yeah. he's a famous rower in the UK. He was hit at 60 miles an hour by a wing mirror. Ooh, had a terrible yeah. time of it. But then, within six months, he was running marathons again. And so, he right. was still holding yeah. on to the identity that he had before. And everyone was saying, uh-huh. what an achievement. And it is a fantastic achievement. But then, to hold all brain injury survivors at that pedestal, it's just so defeating because it's not it's not comparable or compatible across the board where if you no, remove no. someone's leg uh-huh. most people will get to the same standard afterwards you know depending on their outset or an original sort of yeah uh, well, levels whatever do you, do you think that some of that is to do with uh, previous conditioning in in the in the human mind because of course we know that each of us that are affected with a brain injury our own preconditioning uh, will possibly determine some of the outcome to how we recover from that as well. Uh, I mean, mm. yeah. it's, it's, it's possibly that if somebody has had, from a young age, have had a, a athletic training, they've had a good, like you seem to have, Zach, as well, you've had a, a, a good... So, if I could go into that for a second. Yeah, please so do, yeah. Me, you, know, you know, from the age of six, I was in the water five hours a week. You know, oh, from the age okay. of 12, I was doing, you know, six, seven, eight sessions a week. You know, by the age right. of 15, 16, mm-hmm. I, was, I was doing, you know, 11, 12 sessions a week across yeah. eight two-hour pool sessions, you know, at four o'clock in the morning before yeah. school, six right. to eight after school, gym oh, sessions fantastic. at school, <laughs> you know. 
uh, which you know it is extreme, but that was my goal before anything else was you know to be to be a swimmer, and um, you know and I kept that up throughout my whole life, even when I was at the fire service, I was still training, you know six seven eight times a week because that's just part of my identity, yeah. and um, I draw on that uh, in two two parts if, if you let me is that mm. in, in the physical sense it, it does benefit you because you know your mm. threshold for doing things afterwards is probably higher. But then yeah, it's also uh-huh. unrealistic in the fact that if you're suddenly going from training, you know, 10, 15 hours a week to oh, then yeah. being told you can only walk 15 minutes a day, right. that's, that's very hard psychologically to take yeah, because yeah, you're yeah. so different from what, you know, your previous ability of Exercise intolerance is one of those things that is, you know, massive with post-concussion syndrome, you know, whether that oh, yeah, you know, yeah. increased sickness during... Or, or after, you know, and it can be so mm. alarming and debilitating, you know, you go for your first run, you think, oh, that's good, and then you get home and you're just completely in a world of fog, nausea, anything, yeah. because you've done that and you think, well, okay, how's that, how's that come across? But specifically with athletes, post-concussion syndrome is one of the most debilitating forms of injury you get, because yes. if I give you an yeah, example indeed, yeah. of, of people in life, right, if I started swimming at the age of four, and I was serious about it by eight, and then I got injured at twenty-seven, for instance, yeah. uh, in my time. My identity, you know, I've been that person for twenty years, right? right? Yeah, and yeah. let's just take a physio, for instance, as an as an example. They finish university at twenty-four, twenty-five. Once they've done their masters and, and their the fulfilments afterwards, they, you know, they open up their own practice. For oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So then. By nature of it, they're forty-five before they 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 fielded that same strength of identity. Mm. You know what I mean. So, with an athlete, you know everything's ingrained, especially with your identity in, in an external stimuli. So, that's very dangerous when it comes to post-concussion because when you can't do those things and they are taken away from you in such a way. Mm. Your identity, and this is the biggest thing that I found as a hurdle, is your identity is completely stripped back to, well, what are you now? What do you find joy from? You know, what, what can you do? Who are you about, you know, your job, your ex, you know, your, your hobbies? You know, you, you have to almost just start completely again at the age, you know, of oh, Yeah, yeah, um, of course, yeah. Which is, Six weeks. Yeah, no, that's really important that 
you know that you, you, we t- we take these advances. Not you've just mentioned there about uh, your early days, but obviously going through brain injury, go, go recovering from a brain injury, Zach. Is that well? Actually, yeah, you have to relearn those almost same steps again in order to yeah, go forwards. Exactly. So, um, could you please tell us a little bit more about how you you are kind of looking to go forwards now? And, and, and measures that yeah, you, sure. you, you're using to, to help yourself to recover, please. I'll just go back a little bit because I feel oh, like... It's no, no, go on, go on. Feel free. Like so <laughs> yeah, go on. If we go back to the early sort of one to six month period, um, the, the first thing I started off doing was vestibular rehab. So it was just eye movement exercises where it was just oh, yeah, yeah. focusing okay. on the point mm-hmm. and moving your head. Um, then it was... Obviously, exploring exercise was a tricky one because every time I went to oh, yeah, any form yeah, of exercise, uh-huh. I sit get five times worse. So yeah. I had to strip everything back just for walking. And I meant, like, I had issues with... I could walk for, say, an hour. If right. I walked okay. at the same time as talking with someone, I could yeah. only do 20 minutes before I got dizzy because oh, my brain was just okay. struggling so much. So then I had to identify, right. you know, when I'm doing the rehab, I have mm-hmm. to focus solely on that, and I can't do that with anyone else in the room and whatever. Okay, you know, right. Um, I had to have earplugs in, uh, you know, 23 hours out of 24 mm. a day because of noise sensitivity, and right. I did that. Ooh, and, you know, it sounds yeah. So I had to have a diary with it, and then every sort of couple of weeks, I would say, right, I'm going to go out to the shop today, but I'm not going to have my noise headphones in. Just sort of slowly. Okay. It's that yeah. slow exposure of, of things that you you know, that are normal, because mm-hmm. if you retreat for too long, like sit in a cold, dark room, which we're told to do yeah, for yeah. six weeks, uh-huh. no, nothing happens, obviously, um, then, <clears throat> you know, your body gets even more deconditioned to those stimulus. So, yeah, yeah, I guess. Um, you know, just, just you've got to find what your triggers are. It's my oh. biggest advice to people. And for some people, that's talking, some people, that's loud music, some people, that's exercise, some people, that's, uh, you know, moving in cars, yeah. Or, okay. Uh, you know, in a, in a place where there's there's too many people, for instance, like overstimulation issues, uh, and just just start off with doing a little bit of that once a day. Uh, okay. And go, uh, basically. Um, obviously, I had physio, so I had a lot of neck strengthening exercises, um, and we have on that just because the neck muscles themselves were just completely torn. So. My, right. my head just felt it wasn't yeah. attached to my neck at some point. It's like having a bobble head in the car, you know what I mean? Right, yeah, 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 I see and, what you mean. Uh, so, so building that back up took a long time. Uh, mm. uh, because you're obviously trying to balance all these different rehab methods, which, you know, it sometimes takes four, five, six hours a day just to attend all of these things. Yeah, yeah, it can um, be. Yeah, and then, so, this forward, fast forward to about six months, you know, um, so once my vision issues had cleared up, uh, I stopped having double vision and my neck pain was reduced a bit. Um, I started working on things like uh, daily meditation, which I used the Calm app. Oh, yeah. Some yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, for me, I, I was a bit skeptic, uh, skeptical about it. And, you of know, course, I yeah. just did it yeah. 10 minutes every day. And it was really hard to just do that you don't realise how distracted you are when your 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 nervous system no. so overreacts. Yeah, you don't. No. And you think, wow, okay, if I can just take that safe ten minutes a day, um, uh-huh. which I've been a bit lax on recently, to be fair, but that really helped. Uh, just doing it in the middle yeah, of each yeah. day, and just breaking the day into 
two halves. Uh, balance work, so I had to do a lot of balancing on one leg. Was that my right leg, similar to you, where you said it didn't work? You know, my, yeah, my ankle uh-huh. would just would just <laughs> continuously just not extend, and just you'd almost you wouldn't trip over, but no, you know, you'd have like a stumble. Mm. So I had to work on um, walking heel to heel, like heel to toe, sorry, across the room. Oh yeah, like like a balance beam. Um, mm-hmm. And that took a long while to get better, and then I had to do that while saying every sort of month um, backwards from December. Yeah, and something <laughs> as simple as that, you know, working yeah. your brain just a little bit harder would then make the balancing a lot harder. And then I built up doing that, and then it was like stand on one leg for ten minutes, then start doing some squats and lunges, and yeah. it's got pretty good now. But if I move my head fairly quickly I can still feel that, that there's a bit of dizziness that will come back yeah, uh, uh-huh. and you just don't feel as confident doing certain movements you know what I mean that used to be easy yeah, yeah. Um, so currently what I'm doing because um, <clears throat> I recently returned to work is I'm still trying to build up my exercise tolerance so at first I had to start off with and this was maybe seven or eight months ago I started this okay. where uh, I don't know if you've seen the Buffalo Concussion Treadmill. Uh, yes, but, yes, I have, yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah, so just for those that don't know, it, you start at 15 to 20 minutes of cardio um, and you ramp up the intensity to the point where you start getting symptoms. And some people, this is really difficult because you don't get symptoms straight away. So then what you need to do is have a heart rate monitor uh, and okay. you need to look at the point uh-huh. at which your heart yeah. rate, instead of it climbing up, say, one beat, two beats, three beats a minute as the intensity goes up, what will happen at that threshold point where your nervous system is struggling to regulate is your heart will go from, say, 130 to 140 to 140 to 130. And it will just bounce between the two because it's having a struggle to regulate, you know, that that fight flight or or rest. And when when, when you're on that borderline, that's when you need to take 80% of that as your actual goal. Uh, and not get too close to that point because you'll just keep setting yourself oh, back. Okay. So for me, that threshold was very low. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, could, I had to start at 95 beats a minute, mm. um, you know, which was hard for me because even when I stood up, my heart was going up to 100 beats. <laughs> right, so okay. yeah. I was like, well, how do I start this then? Do I just stand or, you know? Um, but then I found a recumbent bike uh, or a road, <clears> you know, uh, and then worked it out that way. And then every month, I added five beats a minute to that point, uh, and it's been very, very slow. And some days, even now, if I'm if I've worked really hard for the week, you know, I might have to take that back yeah, down twenty yeah. percent. You know, and if I'm on a good day, I'll, I could probably take it up twenty percent. And you, you really have to be good at listening to your body. Um, you know, it's not like when you're you're healthy, you've worked a day at work, you can just chug a coffee, go for a run, and then still go out and socialise and pop that. You just can't do yeah, that with a brain yeah. injury. You have to. No. Work, no. That, that, Working that, on that balance yeah. is, is an essential part of rehab, in my opinion. Yeah, that, that's very true, and that's that's really good advice for people out there as well. So, um, yeah, you you you're coming from an energetic point of view there, and and uh, you've got to be proactive. If, if you've had any kind of concussion, and creative, you've got as well. to be. Uh, and creative yeah. Like yeah. for me, um, I, I, I've I've never been able to draw anything above the stick man. And even 
Mm. If a stick man saw my stick man, they would probably start fighting. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, like yeah. many people, I yeah. didn't look at screens for about five months. Like, yeah. it would give me such migraine, and my eyes would get so tired. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Mm. I started painting by numbers kits. Uh, oh, yeah. And they, yeah. Are, they, they were early on, they were the most productive thing. Yeah, they can I, be really good. They can be really, they can be really fantastic when, you know, to keep yeah. your mind occupied. They take about 40 hours to complete if you want to do them well. Uh, yeah, yeah. to people out there who, who have maybe only just been injured or brain injured or mm. had a concussion what what kind of so thing gonna, what kind of things would you suggest treat this from a couple of angles because yeah. I don't think one will suit everyone no no so of course the, not the first no, thing no. I would do if you've just hit your head for say a week and you're having symptoms and you're not sure of yourself is you need you need to rest but you need to not withdraw fully so yeah, that's good, that's good advice. Uh, get, get as many appointments in as you can with other people with yeah, you present yeah, yeah. Uh, and write down your issues before you go in because I, I've been in so many places where I've spent hundreds of pounds and I've forgotten to ask a question. So yeah, write everything yeah, down before yeah. and make sure someone takes that off for you um, if that's the route you're going to go down. If you're in the UK, yeah, yeah. referrals are going to take a long time. So the oh, way you yeah, need to do yeah. that Months is, and years. <laughs> if you have, if you have some income, book the person you're going to see privately to do the initial consultation, and they will refer you on a quicker basis. Well, yeah. Than if you know, so the people that I would see straight away uh, is a physio, well, um, a neurologist. Yeah. Maybe. Depending on if you've got pain in your neck, but most people will. The neurologist, <clears throat> just so they can rule out. Yeah. Uh-huh. Further issues. Mm. Um, and check your heart rate when you stand up because if it goes up, yeah, with McCarthy, your your autonomic nervous system isn't working, and that's not screened by anyone. You know, you, so if that's an issue, there's a specific way that you need to treat that, and that's with incremental increases of of cardio, and you need to calm your nervous system down. So you need to see a cardiologist. But they they well, won't unless you check that. You know, you could be waiting six months, nine months. Well, yeah. of, of, of course, three yeah. I would teach right yeah. away. Yeah, and, and um, you know, maybe think about um, finding some ways to relieve the burden on on mm. on your yeah. life, and you, yeah, because as many people as you can help you. Yeah, as many people, and don't be don't be. I say to people as well, don't be don't be too proud to ask for help. 
when you need it. Uh, and even if, if sometimes you might ask for help, and it might come in the ways which aren't is not necessarily beneficial or, or acceptable to you, but still don't be afraid to ask for help. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah. You know, you, you don't, you don't know. Yeah. Sometimes you're going to get physical help, emotional help, psychological help, spiritual help, yeah, all different types of things. Yeah. And, uh, it, it sounds like, you know, from, from your personal point of view, from what you've relayed to us, uh, Zach, is that you're, yeah, you, you've, you've had a good, a reasonably good set of in- infrastructure people around you as well. I, I might yeah, be wrong, but I don't you know. know. I, I have to give a shout out to you know both my uh, partner, family, and friends for oh, everything bless. they've done yeah, to get no. to this point. Kudos. So, you know, it's possible by yourself, it is. But that yeah. brings me on to the next couple of things that I would do. Okay, cool. So if you're on social media, <laughs> yeah, um, there's a couple of people, especially on Instagram, that are, I think are worth following straight away. Okay. So yeah. you've got. Uh, a lady called Molly Parker, who is a physiotherapist that has been through oh, yeah. the experience and is All still right. experienced. Mm-hmm. But she'll put out little tiny bits of information in A4 sheets that, you know, you can work with, you can explain. It just makes it, you know, easier to show your family and friends. Yeah, so yeah. First of all, I would, I would follow her. Mm-hmm. Second person I would follow is... Um, another lady called Natasha Wilch and she okay. is a functional neurologist. Oh, excellent. Uh, also, yeah. it's the same thing. Um, small talks here yeah. and there and mm-hmm. they run um, they run a program called Concussion Compass which is basically a subscription okay. service uh, which is about, if you're in the UK, it's about £20 a month, um, right. 30 Canadian, 25 US and it basically gives you worksheets, tips and a community right. that you okay. can get excellent. on with and it's people that are sort of in that Feel only we know how we respond to the symptoms of that. 
I'm sure you found the same, and I found it with other people, is that yeah. because they've had yeah. maybe three to six months off work after their injury, oh, yeah. you can't help but research everything and anything about your injury because you become sort of egocentric in a way where it's just... It's yes, so of consumed. course, yeah. It's 27. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. that you do, you read every single paper you can find and you do become a literal expert because oh, you've yeah, almost yeah. done it. Yeah, you're going to do that. You're going to do it naturally. And I did. Yeah, uh, yeah when I, uh, 2006, I started reading straight away. I started buying books. I was ordering books and things. And I was uh, like trying to, because I could not get any answers from the system, the system that denied that I even had this condition. And I was like, you know, you know when something's in the back of your mind, Zach, when you know that, I'm 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 dealing with this. I'm I'm I've got this. I've got, yeah. something's happening. I'm not like uh, uh um what do you call it um it's not psychosomatic. This is something that's happening in my body, in my mind, in my soul, and I've got to deal yeah, with I this. Agree, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I was and like, the whoa, is, it's yeah. physiological. Yeah, the physiological of aspect and the symptoms are so high sometimes. Yeah. So alarming that. Oh that God! There was a yeah. Psychological response, you but then that portrays it as that instead of it being obvious to you which is the chicken and which is the egg. Yeah. Right. Indeed. Yeah. People from the outside perceive it because they're only seeing you in a in a, in a state of bereavement or grief or sadness. Oh dear me! How, yeah. How many relationships have we had like that? How many times have we had that where you know it's like yeah. you're trying to explain to the person. Um, no. how it is and this is where the podcasts this, this, really do help <laughs> thank you um, yeah, yeah. And I, I try to help but you can try to explain mm -hmm. to other people that, that don't have brain injury to, you can go for the till you're blue in, blue in the teeth you can, go, you can try and explain all day long every day yeah. you, could, you could go at it for like 365 days a year and you still would not get through to them about what it's like because nobody, no. nobody can understand until they've walked a mile in your shoes through this. No, and, yeah, um, I, I think people can try and get close, crazy. but you, know, you can't. You can't get close to it. No, it is impossible. Yeah, it, it is impossible. It's, it's like but, um, yeah, at the same time. Um, yeah, on that no. note, you know, you can't hold them against that. Oh no, no, no! Of course not, no. Yeah, uh, and it, it is impossible. And it, it is kind of like the final trip. In, in, in some senses that you know you can't ever explain to anybody um, but yeah. for those of us that have come together in this cause like you you reached out to me you know you reached out to me and every time somebody reaches out to me like that way through Twitter or for Facebook or anywhere else I, 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 I feel a great sense of awareness and consciousness uh, combining yeah. and you you, you, you yeah, happily agreed to do this um, and, and have this conversation so it, it is like um, there's a, an awareness a consciousness building between us I, I, I don't know how else to describe it it's, it's, it is yeah, on, one, on one level it is spiritual it is a, a different force that's coming into play uh, and yeah. if, if we went back like 30 years ago we couldn't do this no, exactly, yeah. Even, even 20 uh, years ago, we, we couldn't do this. Thing. There's no way that me and you would be talking mm -hmm. right now. And it is, it's, no, sim it's, it's that's, simply that's really uh, a miracle. That you just said <laughs> yeah. Is that, yeah, I agree. Is that, you know, you, you do need to talk, you know, whether yeah, that's for family. Of course, people, yeah. The most useful people to talk to 
yeah. is people with brain injuries. And mm. I don't mean that, you know, obviously people have their support well, network, but it's no. great to have them out. But yeah, it but is so but... useful to talk to people with brain injuries. And even though we're so different amongst us, <clears> how it happened and where our journeys took us, you know, um, there is of that course, sort of yeah. level of spiritual understanding of, of the struggle of it. Uh, uh, so that's the, that's the point yeah. I was coming on to, is that Thank not you. only yeah. should you follow those people that I mentioned about, if you look through those comments, yeah, we'll look for those, yeah. posts, Thank you. there'll be thousands, and it is thousands of people with brain injuries. Oh, hell yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That straight away. Millions. And I would really, really advise... Millions. Across the board, you know, it doesn't even matter if they're in the same country, the same age, no, no, or whatever. No, no. I've, I've no. probably talked to hundreds uh, of people with brain injuries, and they've helped me so much along the way. And I think yeah. I've had so many people come to me like I came to you, and they've asked yeah. me for advice just the same. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, and I feel happy that I've helped people get get better, whether it's fully better or marginally better. Uh, you know, I'm happy to do that because, you know, going forward, I would love to be someone, you know, whether it's using my personal training qualification well, or retraining yeah, that yeah. actually runs things that helps people with brain injuries, you know, whether that's just yeah, pace management, uh-huh. uh, actual physiotherapy or rehab, rehabbing, you know, just by talking like you're doing. Um, yeah. Well, what, what, which is really fulfilling. And what, what we'd love to do, and what I love to do more than anything else, like, is to advocate people to, be, to, to find their, their voice. Uh, so for you, yeah. for you yourself particularly, and for other people, for anybody that comes forward, I will never push people forward. I will never say to people, "You need to be an advocate for for this uh, issue." But when when uh, one talent I do have, and one thing that I do have, is the ability to to be able to help other people to have their springboard, and I would do so freely and and passionately, and and hope to uh, allow. That if, if I have some knowledge of what I'm doing and what I've gone, the road I've gone down, that I could pass it on to you. So please, obviously, feel free any time to um, you know to contact me and to say, well, you know, how, how do I do this? How do you know, Dave? How do I start a blog? How do I start a podcast? How do I have? Because I've been doing this since 2006, and I only really started uh, professionally in 2010. Uh, after the death of a good friend of mine but if i can pass any of that knowledge on to you or anybody yeah. anybody similar to yourself then i will do that all day long i will give all of my energy all of my uh effort to doing that so uh please be, uh, be aware that yeah in the brain community you think how many podcasts you've done you know how many no, I'm, I'm just enjoying myself. Yeah, how, many have, <laughs> how many people have listened? You know, um, you're at well, quite, quite a few so far. Yeah, yeah, this is about. Yeah, so um, thank, thank you for doing that, and thank you for giving me a platform. And I'm sure I can get some more people to share. Yeah, well, and no, hopefully, what I've said has been helpful for not only myself, but you know, someone else that might listen. If you are early in your journey, just just have faith. Yeah, well, um, it will get better. Um, of course, yeah, you know, yeah, we can, we can all and heal. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise, but you know, it um, might be slow, and it might be two steps forward, three yeah. steps back, two steps forward, one step back. But the overall journey, yeah, uh-huh. will get better. You will be a better person for it, uh, and you know, please contact <coughs> even me if you like, or anyone on that list that we've mentioned. 
Yeah, and in this day and age as well, uh, because I know, I know that you might know a lot of people, obviously, are in your profession, that, that this isn't uh, like an extreme rare thing, PCS. It's not something that is like isolated. This is really common. And the main incidents are of men. Now, men don't yeah. always want to talk about or can't talk about. They don't even know they have PCS. No. They, they might no. not. They, they might just Especially be totally unaware. People, or even sports in the fire people. service. People, oh, yeah. People that carry injuries, but they need to work. So, oh, God, you know, yeah. the system well, they, doesn't they, they allow keep, for you. They keep going. And uh, when to they, be keep, honest, they yeah, keep going. Right. And they self-medicate. They self-medicate with uh, drink and drugs, uh, class A, B, C drugs and cannabis and mm. cocaine and all kinds of stuff. Let's not get into uh, in a denial here. People will self-medicate because of either early life trauma, whether they've had some physical or sexual abuse uh, to them in early childhood, or they will have uh, that. They'll do that because of a brain injury. And he's, yeah, he's, he's so agree. common. He's ultra, ultra common. Mm. He's actually widespread. It's That's why I call it. They call it the hidden epidemic. The hidden epidemic is where yeah. people can't accept. And, um, they, you know, you, you can live in the situation. Denial. Yeah. The situation itself is so, so soul stripping. Yeah. There's only two ways it, to it, it, can it can be. It can be. It's the one that you just talk about where you, you know, you succumb to medication or yeah, drugs yeah. or it whatever. Be, or, it can be horrible. you know, sort of try and build back, rise again. And that might not be like the Phoenix, you know. It might just be like a little dandelion of in a course. field somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the important yeah, thing true. is it doesn't matter how high you get off that ground. You know, you need to yeah, go down no, that path. No, that's true. And you need to down that path and it, it will get you better quicker or to wherever that peak is, whether it is the, you know, one inch off the ground or flying high, yeah, than yeah. any time that you use a drug, you know, to mask it, because you do only get one brain in Well, yeah, and of course, the new research about our brains is, is um, it's, it's always advancing, and the things that we don't get to hear about, um, we, we've got a lot of ability to regenerate our brain and our brain's neural pathways. Um, so you've got neuroplasticity, which is the brain's mm. uh, the brain's ability to rewire itself. It's kind of like mm. you, you, a neurogenesis. A, yeah, on top yeah. Of that. a neurogenesis on top of that. Yeah. So you've got um, first of all, say if you like, you, you you had a house that was like completely fucked up, and you know the house was uh, you know the, the wiring's gone weird and funny and that. Uh, mm. Neuroplasticity is it will just repair itself any way it can. Neurogen yeah. neurogenesis on top of that what we be, what, what, yeah. <laughs> yeah what we've spoken about in yeah. terms of uh, lion's mane uh, and even psilocybin mushrooms and vitamin d in a stack together will help your brain to form new neural pathways we're not talking no. about we're not talking about just recovering what you've already lost we're talking about going yeah, forward we're talking about mm. becoming super powered now, mm. this is the thing. When you have a brain injury, you have to grieve. We always say yeah, you grieve for your old self that you've lost. Yeah. But going forwards, uh, you go past the grief process. You'll never lose the grief, 
but you become uh, a combination of your old self or whom you you felt like you've lost and your new self and your new destination that you're heading towards and that's really yeah. powerful that 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 for, for for many people in the in the groups yeah. on facebook that's a really powerful thing that we can say well actually um you know i'm, be, I'm becoming this amalgamation of the old me a little bit little bits of the old me and the new me uh, the new me is actually capable of things that i never realized i was going to get into <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually quite exciting and everyone's grief process i must stress this you know yeah you can't feel guilty about that grief process obviously no, there no, comes no. a time no. where if it's consuming you need to you know get advice on that but mm. it, you know some people it's six months some people it's yeah and i think that's symptom dictated you know if the things get to a level after yeah, maybe yeah. see what i found the hardest is some months you could or even some days you feel like oh i'm 60 percent you know yeah yeah well, here we go you know we're back mm. and then you can get setbacks that send you back to week one of course yeah uh, yeah. And you, you know, you start that grief process again. Uh, so it's just trying to manage that over time, uh, you know, and realise that, yeah. like you said, there's mm-hmm. going to be an element of grief always. But if you can manage to, uh, I'm not sure what the word would be for the opposite of grief, uh, hope. Uh, anything along that line needs to exceed the level of grief that yeah, you're carrying around consolidation that yeah. yeah that amalgamation can then only you know start big yeah, yeah. so you know if you get to a point in your recovery just start trying things you know whether that's art whether that's uh-huh, yeah. music you know, you're a song, yeah. climbing climbing has been something that I found that I can do because I get my heart rate oh yeah, okay right yeah because um, yeah, uh, Dave Bowes is, like is a puzzle yeah, um, my friend Dave Bowes is in Birkenhead. He's he's a a, a climber, yeah, a rock climber. Yeah, you know Dave. <laughs> yeah, I know Dave. Oh, fantastic! What a small world. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, Dave's. Uh, that we can all connect uh, in that way, and, and that's the way uh, it should be, really. Because that's crazy. You know, <laughs> yeah. Why shouldn't you have something? Yeah. Bring you together. So what a nice thing that. Oh yeah, and so when was the last time, Zach, that you felt you've made uh, a great progress following uh, post concussion? When was the last time so, you felt that in your life? And explain it, please. Um, so I got to a semi-good place where I was managing about two months ago uh, yeah. to be, you know, less symptomatic and okay with the level of symptoms that I was at. So I decided to obviously okay. go back to work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I started back on work in the middle of May. Uh, and it's on like a phase return so it's Monday to Friday but it started off at 9 to 1 then oh, 9 right. to yeah, 2 yeah. Uh-huh. 3 and as soon as it got to about 9 till 3 9 till 3.30 that's when I started to struggle and although I went back to work and I was really proud to get back to work yeah. uh, I'm at a point now where I feel like the current level is too much and it's making it's making me sort of stagnate okay. yeah, and yeah. but the, the fact that I even managed to you know get back to work was something I was really proud of and I just think every right. day that I turn up from now on mm-hmm. is a massive achievement um, obviously I'm still under the contract with the London Fire Brigade yeah, um, yeah. I, I'm not a, a firefighter they're giving me some time to get back there and you know for a long time I believe that okay. always, but yeah. I don't think that's possible anymore um, mm. but I'm just seeing how much you know I can push my brain and how much it's willing to allow me to do 
progress, uh, you know, and confidence building in the future to, you know, perhaps apply for something else that, you know, I, I wouldn't have otherwise applied for. Right, okay. So, um, have you found uh, in given what's going on now, did you find that like, did you find a severe uh, differing of opinion and, and, and kind of attitudes towards you post injury? Uh, what you mean from colleagues or? Yeah, from anybody really, from, from work wise or, um, or uh, you know. I think it's been a real mixed bag. I mean, right. people closest to you are obviously great, and but then there's okay. an element of they're struggling to see you in so much yeah, pain. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously the people because of lockdown haven't seen you for months. Yeah, of months. course, yeah, yeah. Almost, you know, perceive you to be better than you are, which is quite hard. Right, but colleagues, yeah. because I moved, I was based over in Barnet, essentially. Okay. Uh, yeah. And I'm working out of Euston. Yeah. I don't. I didn't know anyone, so it was right. quite a nice, fresh slate. And you know, they're just simply right, yeah. want to help me get back to where I was before. Um, but you know, okay, people so, like yeah. they, can all, they can always be nice about it, but they can never understand it. So no. there's always that barrier of no. thank you for your support. I really appreciate that. Um, you know, oh, but it's hard to communicate what you need. That's what. I'm yeah, to say. and do you feel like that that's something that's got to change in the future? Because uh, I know we we've always got this um, hidden. Uh, uh, it's almost kind of like a hidden agenda of uh, invisible or hidden disability and so on. And you know, it's just, it's a tough diff, it's a tough and difficult uh, thing to broach, isn't it? You know what. Uh, if, if there's something yeah. wrong with well, me, you can't see it. What, what are you going to do? Well, the thing is, as well, is you're always subconsciously trying to hide it. You're trying yeah, to keep up with yeah. body people. Trying, so to, trying to fit they in. Want, they, yeah. they see what you want them to see in a way because you're yeah. always protecting yourself. Um, yeah. When, you know, I don't feel like that should be the way. No, no, no. But that's just, you know, what we've grown up as, and especially in this country, you know, that, that kind yeah. of, you, you we, have to live a perfect life. Yeah, we, we, we've been, in a sense, uh, as, as British people, we've been very kind of repressed in terms of how we handle our own attitudes and um, distinctions towards people who do have disability. And there's, <coughs> with hidden or invisible disability, that becomes a whole different kind of category. It's almost as yeah. if you kind of sunk into... Um, the, the depths of invisibility almost it's kind of like you know you uh, right if you if, if you you know british people think about if you if you're disabled you're almost invisible but then if you've, you have hidden or invisible disability then you kind of like in a whole different area of kind of like oh that that i can't see what that person's going through and it's, it, yeah. I don't know, to me, it seems like a very, I'm not criticising, I'm not being a, a, kind of anti-British here, but I'm saying, well, actually, if you can't see what somebody's going through, then it, it possibly isn't even relevant for you. Um, yeah. um, I can highlight where that's slightly yeah. changing, yeah. Uh, and this might be a source oh, of... Oh, it is, yeah. It should, should do. Or, or there's one person... Uh, and you're probably familiar with uh, a lady called Alex Danson, who's a former hockey player for the G. Oh, yeah, yeah, the name sounds familiar, yeah. Yeah, so if you 
put her up, especially through social media or whatever. She's yeah, sustained a injury on a holiday. Um, yeah. And because of her platform, obviously, she's able, she made a short sort of 15-minute film about oh, right, okay. where she's at and how yeah. it's forced her to retire. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not a lot of people are aware of the fact that any concussion can last. You know, she's at about 20, 24 months now. You know, had to retire. Right. Okay. Alternate careers still has issues. Oh, fantastic! Um, you know, but because she's got that platform, she can yeah. reach a, a massive amount oh, of wow. population. Um, right. And it, you know, if anyone's listening to this and has got Spotify or Instagram, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. go on to a podcast called "Don't Tell Me the Score" and type in Alex Bouncing, and right. she will basically play right. her story in a very articulate way. Yeah. You know, uh, and someone being British as well, it kind of, you know, she's campaigning all the time with not only just Edway, but um, Hobbs Rehabilitation, which uh, are in the southwest of England, uh, to change the care in the country and, and the attitude, you know, because our diagnostic systems are fantastic in this country, but aftercare for brain is just not, not very good. So she's running a lot of campaigns okay. to raise awareness. Right. Uh, and it's great to see, you know. It's sad that obviously it's happened to her, but it's great to see yeah, that someone yeah. of that platform can start to raise that awareness. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's what it means essentially as a celebrity or um, anyone of that sort of range. Yeah, of course. And and you know, I'm I'm nothing near anywhere near celebrity, and I'm not famous for anything. I would never want to be, but you know, but yeah, no, I, I, I have fought for all these years and it's taken me literally like, this is like 15th year now to get, to, yeah. to, you know, and I, I don't want to be in the public eye. I don't want to be out there. I don't want to be seen or recognized. No. All I've got to do is I, I was born I always say to people, I was born with the affliction of wanting to tell the truth and wanting to tell the truth about things. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm the same. Uh, and and it, it never, ever made any sense to me. Uh, I didn't know why. And then until I got injured, and that, after that, it was like, yeah, you can't go back now. It was like a curse. You know, I, I don't mean this in, in a bad way, but it was like a curse that was put upon me. You've got this now. You've got to deal with it. You've got to tell other people. And uh, my life before was bloody good. It was amazing. I had um, a lot of... I had a good life. I had money. I had, money, I had a home. I had everything I wanted. And, and it didn't make me happy. But then when it happened, after, after that, within a few months, Zach, I realised that this was actually probably the biggest blessing that could ever have happened to me. And oh. although it was really, it, it was terrible at the time, um, I I realised that, well, actually, um, this has been given to me for a reason, you know, whether you believe in the universe or God, Allah, Jesus, but whoever, whoever your spiritual power is above you, or whether you don't feel any spiritual power, this was something that I was like, well, actually, you've got to deal with this, <laughs> and and then yeah, and, and now here we are today. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure that even throughout this in the next six twelve months, I would yeah. probably do things I never would have thought I would do otherwise. Um, no, yeah, true, yeah, for the better. Um, and you know, so yeah. 
that's that's part of it, isn't it? Is recovering and shifting that mindset. Oh, of, of, of course, and it's 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 also not just shifting the mindset, but it's the shifting consciousness. It's, mm. it's where you feel in a different way about your life and we are able to help other people. And, and to me, Zach, it sounds like you're getting onto the edge and the verge of being able to help other people that have been through this as well. So, yeah, I uh, certainly hope so. Yeah. Um, whenever anyone does approach me, you know, I can only give them my experience. And, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, obviously everyone's is different, but, you know, if I can at least get you recovered... Yeah. Or not even necessarily recovered quicker, but in a place of acceptance, or you know, just in a place of more solid in yourself and not so vulnerable. Then that's, yeah, that's a win. Uh, of course, and that's why that was like one of the first reasons I, I can always sense with somebody whether they're genuine or not. I have like intuitive power uh, as a man, and I always sense when you got in touch with me, I was like, yeah, this this gentleman is serious about doing something. I'm talking about this for the great good. I, if somebody gets in touch with me, as they often do, and, and they're not, uh, it doesn't happen that much really, but if somebody's not um, aligned with the greater good of other people that have suffered with this problem, then I'll just say, no, thank you, but no, thank you. But yeah, I, I, I knew instantly <laughs> when you got in touch that, that you know, you, the language you used and everything else, I was like, yeah, you know, um, you know, this this gentleman has uh, people's best interests at heart. So yeah, thank you yeah, for that. I do. That's a, thank you for giving me the platform to tell my part of the story. Um, and no, I just hope well, that anyone is listening to this, you know, that it is helpful for you. And you know, feel free to contact me. Yeah, um, yeah on definitely. Instagram or yeah. Twitter, uh, if you know if you are struggling. Yeah, or even if you're not, you know, even if you've just got a successful recovery story, uh, and you want to share it, uh, that'd be great too. Yeah, excellent. Because of course, um, my my mission is to empower everybody, anybody that comes to me as well, is to say, well, actually, don't don't just follow me. I'm not a guru. I, I can't kind of guide you in one way or another. I can in some ways, but for for you to become your own power, because. It, if I could talk to, in my entire lifetime, Zach, if I could talk to a hundred people and empower them to go on and talk about this issue, then that would be a hundred times more powerful than anything I could say. <laughs> well, you know, it's got to start somewhere, every movement. Yeah, yeah. Massively. Why not you? you know? uh, well, we're doing it gently. We're doing it with awareness and consciousness. So um, that's, that's really important. Okay, so yeah. um, in conclusion, is is there anything you'd like to say uh, again about your journey going forwards now, Zach, or anything that you, you want to impart to people? Uh, I would just say, you know, don't isolate yourself because it's isolating enough. You know, it's easy yeah. to withdraw uh-huh. from, from your old activities and whatnot because they, they can increase the symptoms, whether that's pain, dizziness, nausea, all the rest of it. Yeah, of course. You know, just yeah. do them in chunk and celebrate those chunks, you know, and don't get beat down that, no. you know, you can uh-huh. do something for two hours, but if you could do it for five, and then next month you could do it for six, you're constantly winning, yeah. you know, and some months you might only be able to do it for four, but, you know, you've got to get really good at celebrate those four minutes, um, you know, and, you know, and tell people about it, you know, get them to celebrate it with you, uh, and keep, keep yourself 
you know, in a good headspace, and it, you know, surround yourself with positivity, <laughs> and it will get better. Yeah, yeah. Amen to that. Um, I, 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 yeah, I just want to really thank you for for. Uh, I I know we 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 discussed this uh, prior about what 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 we would we would get into, um, but. Are there any, uh, finally, uh, any, any tips that you would give to people uh, who may have only just recently become injured or, you know, what, what you would say to them to, to, to go into the early days, Zach? Uh, you know, kind of how they would cope in the early days of brain injury. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking week one to two, don't go and play sports. You know? No. <laughs> risk anything. Yeah, stay away from you know, rugby. <laughs> <laughs> and try and keep your nervous system calm. You know, do some meditation, yeah, do some self-care. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, do all the things that would make you feel great on an ordinary day. You know, if you have the time, just yeah, make uh-huh. the time for them in that time. Because, you know, if you, that's when the most amount of healing is going to happen in yeah, one to four course. weeks. You know, and if you can yeah. get better in those one to four weeks and it doesn't turn into PCS or BPCS, then... You know, you won't ever have to be, you know, in our position talking about it. So, you know, if we can avoid yeah, that uh-huh. point straight away, yeah. just don't take the chance. You know, if you feel any of the symptoms that we've just said or, or, or you, you relate to depression, just sit it out. Take two weeks to do yourself. Of course. Yeah. You know, read a book, relax, uh, and don't panic, basically, and just get a nice support network around you and then just see how it plays out. Fabulous. Right, so uh, I can I can I've got a sense of you now as well. As you, you've got um, a, probably a far a, a greater understanding of, of PCS and things than, than uh, a lot of people will have. So it's good that um, we could have you on the podcast, Zach, and, and to find a way where you've brought so much positivity. And I think anybody listening to this, uh, uh, as they will do, because so we'll, we'll share it far far and wide. Uh, will agree that you know you you've you've actually become uh, a, a greater part of the healing that you, you you need to experience yourself. You've become a part of. You, you've got the knowledge and you've got more than that. You've got the wisdom um, to be able I to mean, help, to help other people. Oh no! Yeah, I know. Yeah. Just sort of you have to create a larger toolkit to deal with it. And yeah, you know when this is said and yeah. done. You know, like you said, you, you will transcend into amalgamation of two people, yeah, you know, and two yeah, great uh-huh, people. Uh-huh, um, yeah. And at that point, you know, you'll be able to deal with anything that happens because you've gone through yeah. this sort of, you know, journey, whether that's spiritually, physically or mentally. No, the, yeah, it's fantastic. I know that, that there's a kind of really good word to end on. So, uh, yeah, it only remains for me now to uh, thank you for your time yet again. Uh, to say well you, yeah uh, you, you're absolutely welcome to come back on again if you feel that you need to do in future to share with people this is a free platform uh, what we do for the podcast is is a totally open uh, so you can just come back on if you want to do and express yourself and I, I, I will we, we will always be here to help you with that um, so um, I'm, I'm just really grateful on today of all days, it's Father's Day today, which is the 21st of June. It's also, um, you know, kind of the longest day of the year and so on. So it, it's really poignant that uh, we've had a really good chat today. Uh, so uh, thanks very much, Zach. And uh, is there anything else you'd like to say in, in conclusion? Uh, 
Uh, no, just thank you very much for what you're doing. Uh, thank you <laughs> no, for your platform. No, and, yeah, it's always you know, a pleasure. Spreading awareness uh, as a team, uh-huh. and you know, let's, let's build the platform. Yeah, great stuff. And and yeah, if you if you know of anybody um, that anybody else that wants to come on tell a story, and you know, I'm, I'm sure in your in your your previous profession, uh, you may find people. If you want to do, then just happily send them my way. And uh, you know we'll 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 happily talk awesome. to them. All right, lovely. So, uh, from Bradford to London, uh, thank you and uh, good night, Zach. Take care. Bye. Cheerio. All right, so there we go. That was a, a wonderful chat with Zach. And um, if you want to get in touch with either of us, uh, you can do so through Twitter. Um, Zach will be available on Twitter, and I am too, David seventy four. And uh, for the groups we have on Facebook, uh, if you look at post concussion syndrome awareness worldwide on Facebook, you'll find me there. And also uh, you can contact me by email at uh, thedavidbottomley at gmail.com. And uh, we really look forward, uh, you know, kind of to hearing your comments uh, and what you have to say about all that as well. Uh, so thank you once again for listening. Um, please tune, uh, you know, kind of tune in again soon. Uh, we're back with, with more interviews, more commentary and everything else. Uh, and if there's anything that particularly that you would like to hear about that we, we are not discussing, then just please say so as well. So thank you for now and good day, good night, wherever you are. Cheerio.